The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself. Because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order? Cashback guru? Low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you. Because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store. Even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotowire Prospect Podcast. I'm Clay Link here with Rotowire.com's lead prospect writer, James Anderson. Uh, James, going to be touching on a few things today, your latest article, also some general topics on the draft, and you have something coming up here with our buddies over at Prospects Live. So uh, a few things to touch on. We'll also be making our latest picks in the hip-hop draft, but how are you doing on this Wednesday? Doing all right. Can't really complain. Yeah. How about you, man? Doing all right, you know, and keeping the head up and trying to stay uh, productive in this time. Sitting from home on my butt, uh, but, you know, I think we're doing some good things now covering Taiwanese baseball. We're going to be covering the KBO, so uh, that's good. And it seems like we're getting some momentum, as we talked about with Vlad Sedler on Monday in his live stream. By the way, check that out if you uh, didn't get around to it. It does seem like there's quite a bit of momentum building toward a MLB season. Yep. Yeah, I think this is kind of the timetable that I'd been kind of expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, they were definitely going to at least give it a shot. 
Uh, so it sounds like that's heading in that direction. Yeah. If some medical experts can sign off on whatever plan they settle on, um, I'd at least like to see a little baseball, but safety is the top priority. Um, James, your latest article going up on the site should be live by the time most people are reading this. Part six of your Ranking Dilemmas series. And this is really good stuff. Uh, as we've talked about guys rising and falling, you pointing out some guys you may be too high on, maybe too low on. And in this range, it's 126 to 50. And some pretty notable risers here and fallers as well. Some some serious movement in this range. Yeah. Um, you know, we the further down you get, the more there's going to just be big swings in terms of risers and fallers. Uh, you know, it's, it's tough to crack into that top 100, top 75, top 50 area, but it's not that hard at all to crack into like the top 150. Like you can, you can go from 300 to 140 uh, pretty easily with, with a few good months or just a me finding something on a deep dive on a guy. So yeah, there's, there's definitely some guys that have moved up quite a bit. Um, especially relative to where they were ranked, you know, August, September yeah, of last year. Exactly. And then this range, yeah, it could be pretty fluid. Uh, but, yeah, some some pretty interesting movement here. And we'll get started right at the top. Uh, not a lot of movement for Ethan Hankins. Uh, behind him, Adam Kloffenstein, Travis Swaggerty. Uh, Swaggerty's kind of been hanging around for a while. Uh, he's got a little fatigue. And you do caution you may be a little too low on him. Uh, but why don't you think all that highly of Travis Swaggerty? Uh, I think he's trying to hit for power and he shouldn't really be, uh, right now. I mean, he, he should be just trying to be the best hitter he possibly can, the best on base threat that he possibly can. I think his destiny, if it all comes together is a leadoff hitter type, uh, that could steal 20 plus bases and he hits left-handed. So He's got he's got a lot of stuff working in his favor, plus speed. I, I don't expect him to, to slow down anytime soon. So it's really just about the bat and the approach and what he's trying to do. And I think hopefully the new regime should help him in that regard. Yeah, I think that that's a good call. Daniel Espino right behind him. Uh, he's been a little bit of a riser, not too crazy though. So we'll we'll move on. Michael Tolia at one thirty on your top four hundred, and then Kyle Isbell. He was nearly off your top 400 entirely at the end of last season, up to 131 now. Uh, I know he had a really hot spring. Did that weigh heavily on your mind? Well, he had a he had a really hot spring. He also had a really good Arizona Fall League, and all the talk coming out of Royals camp was really, really positive on him. I mean, teams aren't going to bury any of their prospects, Um even if they Public. perform badly, like, yeah. like, uh, like Khalil Lee had horrible numbers this spring, but they still had nice things to say about him. But if you kind of compare what they're saying about Khalil Lee and what they were saying about Kyle Isbell, you can tell like Isbell is the one who was really, really making, uh, the coaching staff, uh, impressed in big league camp. So, um, he's not super toolsy, uh, which is why, he's kind of he hasn't been like locked into a spot like i mean his tools just he needs to really hit um to be an everyday guy uh but he he's really come on a lot as a defensive outfielder and 
you couldn't ask for a much better situation than being a outfielder coming up in the Royal system. I think he'll definitely get some opportunities here uh, fairly soon. Like I, I don't, I don't think he, I think he's definitely on the fast track. We might not see him in 2020, but I think he, he probably spends a good chunk of 2021 in the big leagues and he's got enough speed. Like he's kind of got that sort of Adam Eaton type of profile where you know, he could be a double-digit homer, double-digit steal type of guy, uh, could possibly lead off for them. Uh, so I'm just, I'm growing much more confident in the playing time being there for him, and hopefully he can do the most with it. Yeah, it doesn't sound like the sexiest profile. Um, maybe not like swinging leagues in his prime years, but yeah, like that Adam Eaton type is really valuable. And if he can blossom into that, that'd be great. He did only hit 241. In spring training with a two sixty seven on base, but five or I'm sorry, yeah, five extra base hits, uh, two doubles, a triple, and two homers, and twenty nine at bats, and everything I did here was really glowing. And yeah, you're not going to hear a team crap on their their prospects, but uh, everybody seemed really impressed and seemed like there was progress over the winter with uh, Kyle Isbell. Uh, moving on, James Karinchak next up, and he's one thirty two. We've talked a lot about Karinchak. You do caution, you maybe too high on him but um you know and that's probably because you don't typically see a guy who's already locked into relief this high but uh this is a future closer profile if i've ever seen one yeah uh but then i i kind of went on to list some other notable relief prospects that i've ranked in oh man i can't remember where i had like joe jimenez but i, I definitely had Andres Munoz as like a top 100 guy at his peak. Um, Sir Anthony Dominguez is like another guy that um, was a, was a really appealing relief pitching prospect uh, a couple years ago. Um, I mean, he was it's really just good it's, for a little while. Yeah, so, but it, I mean, it, just all those examples kind of ex- explain why it's probably wise to tap the brakes to some extent with Mm -hmm. uh, relief pitching prospects. I mean, if you just look at all the closers in baseball, uh, very few, if any, were big time uh, prospects as relief pitchers. You know, a lot of them were starting pitching prospects who got moved to the bullpen at some point. A lot of them are just kind of nondescript guys guys that weren't really on the radar until they made some big adjustments and, and, and unlocked something so the closers don't it's not even like they sometimes come from the relief pitching prospect ranks it's they they often do not so yeah that's true um, i think uh Krinchak's really exciting like I, he's a guy that i love to roster for redraft leagues as like one of my last pitchers on my bench but uh all it would really take is just one arm injury, uh, like one significant arm injury, and you would be regretting rostering him over some of the guys I have behind him. Yeah, and Emmanuel Klasse, who you mentioned in the article, you know, that's like the other top relief dog in the yeah. all of baseball. So right. yeah. if you were on yeah. another team, I'd feel a little bit more, or if Klasse were on another team still, I'd feel a little bit safer about Klasse closing. And I do still feel like, whether it's for the Indians or maybe five years down the road, he's going to close eventually. Uh, but yeah, it's as you mentioned, it's not always the relief pitching prospect who closes. A lot of times, it's that failed slash converted starter uh, who who makes that transition and takes that job. James, right behind Karinchak, Thad Ward. This is a guy that I really 
didn't know anything about. Uh, but as you were talking, I did look up his baseball reference page, and man, pretty awesome year between low A and high A last year. Two one four ERA over one hundred twenty six and a third innings, one hundred fifty seven Ks, fifty seven walks. What can you tell us about the, the pitch arsenal and the skill set here with Thad Ward? Yeah, he was someone who really popped up to me when I was doing my sort of end of year kind of wrap up, um, going through every system and just sort of seeing where everyone was at. Uh, he's got one of the best sliders in the minors and he also has a plus cutter, uh, mixes in a curveball and a changeup. Um, he's got, he, he can touch 97. I mean, he's, he's just got all the pitches really, uh, that you would want. And it's, it's going to be about command, um, staying healthy, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's really exciting. And uh, to me, he's, uh, I think I've got him ranked as the top pitching prospect in that org. Um, yeah, I do. Uh, so yeah, I, I think he's the Red Sox best pitching prospect and they certainly are going to need a lot of help in that rotation, uh, fairly soon. Like you look at, you look at that rotation, you look at, uh, the guys that they would probably be relying on this season, uh, it's it's pretty bleak there. So um, Ryan Weber, man, I mean, <laughs> no, it's so, kind of yeah. like it's kind of like Kyle Isbell in that Royals outfield, uh, similar situation there in that Red Sox rotation as far as opportunity right, exactly. goes. Yeah, Thad Ward was a fifth round pick in 2018. By the way, if I were if I were a person named Thaddeus, I would go by Thaddeus. Instead of Thaddeus. <laughs> Nice. Just for the record. Uh, and by the way, my name is not Clayton. Uh, so anybody who thinks, <laughs> wonders why I don't go by Clayton since I said that. Uh, my name is actually just Clay. It's on the birth certificate. Uh, Davey Garcia, you think you may be a little too low on. Um, 134, he was about 99. He was 90, not about 99. He was 99 at the end of last season. Um, I know the size kind of weighs against Davey Garcia quite a bit. Yeah, I I said, like, I, I didn't really feel good about any of the pitchers in this range as guys where I'm like, yeah, I'm too low on, or I might be too low on this guy. Um, but I think Garcia, if, if anyone in this range were to make my current ranking look bad in like a year from now, uh, Garcia's probably one of the better bets. Uh, it's just, it's a tough combination, man. When you're, when you're a 5'9 righty and you have, fringe average at best command that's that's a tough profile to make work in the rotation so i think his ticket to making this ranking look bad is to just really improve his command over the next like calendar year mm. he's got youth on his size so i mean he could be he could head to spring training next year as a 21 year old and be competing for a rotation spot so i mean he's he's definitely got youth on his size he's got stuff on his side he's got stuff on his side uh, but really needs to improve that command to make it work at that height. Yeah, I'm not going to say anything bad about any of my fellow short kings out there, but <laughs> I do wonder how many like five how many 59 starters are there out there? Like I think about Jose Barrios and in my mind he's short, he's 6 foot. Um I don't know how many guys that size are even starting in the big leagues and, or have in the past like 10 years. Yeah, I mean Marcus Stroman is the obvious one, uh but like even the even guys like Sonny Gray and Johnny Cueto had an inch or two on, on Garcia. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Stroman is a good call. 
Um, he's he's only five seven. Wow. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's not impossible, but an uphill battle it's, when you're that size. <laughs> I think it's one of the big things for Strowman is that he's such a ground ball pitcher yeah. that it like I think that's that's a big way to kind of make that profile work uh, is just keeping the ball on the ground um, because you don't really have you're ne- you're never really pitching downhill on anyone. So yeah, that's right. Keep, keeping the ball on the ground is huge if you're at that that height. Blake Walston has been a fairly significant climber, nearly a, a hundred spots from the end of last season. Robert Poisson, a pretty massive faller. What's behind the drop for Robert Poisson? Uh, he just didn't show well at all in uh, in the fall. Like you know, he was. If you went back like eighteen months ago, he was the he was seen as a better prospect than Jason Dominguez uh, about like 18 months ago. Uh, but he is so, so far behind like Dominguez and uh, Eric Pena, Luis Rodriguez, uh, so far behind those guys from a hit tool standpoint and approach standpoint. I just, I, the tool he's got superstar tools. Like you, you look at him, like you watch him just, fielding balls at shortstop and stuff and you're like wow like this guy this guy could be a a superstar um because he's got that type of body where he could add 25 30 pounds and it would only make the tools pop even more uh has the you know the frame to grow into plus power he's a plus runner right now but i i think the approach needs so much work that i wouldn't even be surprised if he didn't put like every good j2 guy typically goes to the Dominican summer league and rakes. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he actually struggled in the DSL. So that, uh, that's, that's the reason for the drop. He's just, he was a big time guy when he was like 14, 15, uh, because he just looked the part so much. But then once we kind of got a sense of where the, the hit tools at this past fall, uh, it, it just doesn't seem like he's all that close. Well, James, I know you want to get to a little draft talk and talk about this thing you're doing with Prospects Live. Um, and we also want to give our subscribers a little something uh, more to, to dig their teeth into in this article. So um, we will move on. But anything else you want to talk about or just mention before we do? Um, no. Uh, yeah, I mean, this has been a lot of fun uh, doing these this this series on uh, ranking dilemmas, but I've really my my heart and my mind has been uh, really dedicated to the draft over the past couple of weeks. Yeah, check out the full series for yourself, rotowire.com slash pod for a free ten day trial. Uh, you don't even need a, a credit card; you just need your email address. Then after the ten days are up, you can decide if you want to sign up. I think if you read James's stuff, you you probably will. Uh, but if you decide not to, you know, you, we're not going to automatically charge your credit card or anything. Um, James, so what are your thoughts on this draft? As you're preparing this kind of amateur board, uh, what are your general thoughts on the pool this year? So, uh, I mean, just up top, there are three awesome college hitters in Spencer Torkelson, first baseman from Arizona State, Austin Martin, uh, position to be determined, but he'll he'll probably provide some value with his glove. Uh, he's from Vanderbilt, and then Nick Gonzalez, uh, middle infielder from New Mexico State. Those three, to me, are, are absolutely the class of this draft from a fantasy perspective. 
just college hitters that are going to move extremely quickly to the majors, uh, big time hit tool guys. Torkelson has big time power. Um, they're, they're all just very, very safe college hitters. Uh, so I think they're, they're the class of the draft from a fantasy standpoint. Uh, but the real, real, uh, value of this draft where it's, it's really deep. And from a, a real life standpoint, I think this is where teams are really licking their chops is the college pitching. There's just, I, I've never seen this much high end college pitching in a draft class before. Really? Never. There are, no, I, I really haven't. I mean, there's just, there are honestly dozens of guys, college pitchers in this draft that I think have at least number three starter upside. Like, wow. and there's, there's probably dozens. That's, that's might, pretty amazing. There might be a dozen that have like number two starter upside. Um, there's just, it's just a loaded class. Uh, and I think there's a lot of room for some kind of disagreements in terms of how, how you rank these guys, because there's been a lot of consensus over the past uh, year or two on, on Emerson Hancock who's a righty from Georgia, but he's not even in my top three among the college arms. Uh, Asa Lacey, a lefty from Texas A&M, I think has emerged as the, the top guy, but then there's just like Max Myers, a righty from Minnesota, Reed Detmers, the lefty from Louisville, uh, Chris McMahon's a righty from Miami. Miami's actually got a couple guys I really like. Um, there's just, there's so many guys that it's, you just get really excited, uh, digging in on guys where it's like, there's really not much to nitpick at this point. <laughs> like they, they have, uh, three plus pitches already, or they have, plus command a couple plus pitches a developing third pitch like that they're all just advanced and with upside and guys that could move quickly um it's just it's a really really impressive class of college pitchers that's awesome it's pretty exciting i uh i'm looking forward to seeing some of these guys and this is you know i don't expect you to have a firm idea on this but if you had to guess how many players from this class you know upon being drafted do you think would slot into your top 400 Oh, top 400. Um, usually just, just getting into the top 400, it's, it's usually about the same in every class. There's usually like, uh, you know, around 70 guys or so, something Mm -hmm. like that. Um, usually end up hopping in the 400. You kind of expect Um, more guys to push up to the, maybe the top half of that ranking. Well, I think, I think Torkelson, Martin, and Gonzalez will all be easy top 50 guys. And, you know, they might all be top 30 guys. I think Torkelson and Martin will be top 25 guys right away. Uh, And then all those college pitchers, I think the the, the most interesting thing is just where do these, say like my top, I don't know, 20 pitching prospects from this class like where do those guys fit in like i i think man i think i might like a, a decent amount of them more than some of the pitchers that i have kind of around you know the 100 to 125 range so um there might be man there might be like a five or six college pitchers alone from this class that that open up in the top 100 um 
you know, I think it's, it's kind of weaker on the high school side of things, both pitchers and position players. I, I find myself, uh, I, I just think there's, there's a lot of diverging opinions on a lot of the hitters that are outside of the, those big three guys up top. And so I have some of my favorites, but, um, I think the most interesting thing is just going to be like, is the eighth best pitching prospect from this class, is he better than say a guy like Jackson Rutledge, who is just on the outside of my top 100. I mean, I could see that being the case. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think it's, it's going to be interesting to see where these guys end up falling in that kind of, 50 to 200 range uh quite a bit of high-end talent even if it's not like top 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 tier talent yeah it's really it's really deep like like you could i mean there might be a guy that i have like as my 15th best prospect that you could get as with like the 30th pick in like a in a first year player draft type of thing um so i think there's just outside of those top three guys like the opinions are just going to be all over the place. Um, so it really comes down to evaluation and, and kind of weighing the right things and, and getting good reads on these guys. And there's what, what makes this really complicated too, is a lot of the, a lot of the position players and the pitchers on the college side were having monster starts to their 2020 season, but, uh, for pitchers, they were typically only able to get around four starts in. Uh, position players are usually able to get around like 70 plate appearances in. And so how much do you weigh? Like if, if a guy – like there are a decent amount of pitchers where they were sort of so-so or mediocre as sophomores, but then they just were putting up monster numbers through four or five starts this spring. And so I think it's going to be interesting to see how much you weigh that recent – awesome performance versus uh maybe a, a bigger track record of of so so performance from a, a couple of years ago well that's exciting sounds like a pretty cool influx pretty impressive influx of talent coming soon to the the big leagues and well just to, to baseball and obviously this year has been thrown for a loop but it the the game of baseball is in a pretty good spot with the crop of young superstars already in the bigs and then the next wave coming Headlined by Wander Franco, but um, it seems like you know baseball is going to be pretty healthy from an on-field product standpoint for many years to come. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean it's a good time to be a fan, and uh, I know baseball lags behind in popularity behind football, and that's understandable. Uh, but I think this is going to be a growth period over the next ten years because the product on the field is just so uh, darn exciting. Um, James, tell us a little bit about this thing you're doing with Prospects Live. Yeah, this is this is going to be really exciting. Um, it was Ralph Lifshitz uh, came up with the idea. He's actually going to join us on the radio show for Farm Friday uh, on Sirius XM at uh, uh, what what time's that on Eastern Time? That uh, is eleven Eastern on Friday. Eleven Eastern, right? Yeah, so eleven to one. Uh, Ralph will be on talking about that. It's so here's what it is. Uh, it's a mock draft, uh, like a mock MLB draft. So there's, you're drafting, there's a, there's a person drafting for each of the 30 teams in 
pretty much every case, I think it's someone who's either like, like, like I'm drafting for the Brewers. So there are people like that, like Chris Welsh is drafting for the Diamondbacks. So like people drafting people from the industry drafting for their favorite teams or the teams they follow. But then there are a lot of other people in here that uh, specifically just cover one farm system. Like some, there's a lot of good Twitter accounts that just stick to one farm system and they'll be drafting for that team. Uh, So you're picking exactly where uh, your team's picking. So I have, uh, I have pick 20, pick 54 and pick 93 because that's what, what the Brewers have in the first four rounds. Um, So this will be cool. Yeah. I'm excited about it. So you guys are just drafting the amateurs and then we'll get a sense after the actual draft, like how close it was. Yeah. And you'll be able to, I think they've, they're going to have it up. Um, it, it starts at eight thirty Eastern time on this, this upcoming Friday, May 1st. And I know, I think Ralph and Eddie Almaguer and Matt Thompson, I believe are going to be like kind of the, studio hosts for the show so like they'll be sort of the harold reynolds um you know <laughs> those guys and they'll be kind of analyzing each pick i think that there's going to be a link to probably watch them do that i think i don't know if it's on twitch or what but if you uh go to prospects live i'm sure you'll be able to figure it out on friday but um yeah i mean it, it's going to be a blast like i'm i'm going to treat it like i'm an actual general manager and I'm going to like, I'll be like texting those guys like, Hey, yeah, we, we like this guy, uh, but we don't think he's going to stick a catcher. We we're going to try to move him to third base or right field. Like I'm going to be texting them. Like what, what's exactly <laughs> going awesome. through my mind with, with each pick and signability um, concerns. And- yeah. Like we think we're going to be able to match his asking, asking price. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a good time. I, I, I think that sounds really cool. And so just to clarify, Ralph's going to be on the Saturday show. No, the, uh, he's going to be on farm Friday. So oh, okay. we record, okay. we're recording that tomorrow. Yeah, okay. Um, and so, so I think he's is... going to do a couple segments with us. Okay, cool. So that is 11 to one. I was going to say the, uh, Saturday shows noon or one to three Eastern, uh, just to clarify, but uh, looking forward to talking with Ralph on farm Friday. This should be fun. Um, this sounds like a really cool exercise. I've never really heard of something like this. I mean, it seems kind of like straightforward and like a great idea. Yeah. I'm surprised that never, never crossed my mind. Yeah. It's, it's such a good idea. Like it, it's going to be very, it's like, it's very self-explanatory, right? Like it's just, yeah, we're I just do doing this. a straight up mock draft, you know, yeah. like, uh, very 30 teams. Like, it, like a lot of times you'll see like a mock draft and it's just like one writer just doing their mock draft. But I think this is really cool. Like, uh, you know, there'll be players falling, you know, that people weren't expecting to fall. There'll be people reaching for players. People didn't expect to be reached for and, and all that stuff. Yeah. Like I couldn't do this because I don't know the amateur pool well enough, to be honest. Uh, but if you get a bunch of guys who do know it, I think that's, it's going to be great. I'm going to be following along. You'll probably tweet out a, a link. You said, right? Yeah. Hey, I'll, I'll be definitely, tweeting out everything um we'll be talking about this probably not only on friday but probably next week on this show yeah yeah for sure um yeah it should be should provide some pretty good content i am at a pretty interesting spot with my first pick being 20 overall i have a feeling i'll be able to get like i might be able to get someone in my top 10 at pick 20 like that's how much i could see 
opinions diverging after the top mm-hmm. uh, three, or four, three or four guys. Yeah, that should be fun, man. I will definitely be keeping along, keeping track. Uh, and that should be fun talking with uh, Ralph Lifshitz on Friday. James, it is time to move on to the hip-hop draft, unless you got any other prospect-related things to talk about. Nah, man. Let's do it. So I believe you are up, yep, because last week I took Andre 3000. You were a little thrown off guard, uh, followed up with Kanye. So you're up at the turn here, the 10-11 turn. Who you got? I'm st- I'm honestly still a little bit on tilt from uh, that Andre 3K pick. Uh, you must I just, have thought I really so, didn't like him. I'm so, I I you the way you make it sound like it it seemed like it, you were sort of like you either ride with one or you ride with the other and like you're a big boy guy and like I just I, I didn't see guy, I, love I didn't both see of them, going there at least before like you know 2004 or whatever things got a little. Eh. Um, so, so who you I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm. Last week I went best available in my opinion, and I think I'm actually gonna pivot back to trying to trying to get a guy before you get him. Um, I'm I'm gonna take. I'm going to take Snoop Dogg. Okay, yeah, that's a good one. Fill my second uh, West Coast spot. I already had Ice Cube in the eighth round. Uh, I'm surprised he fell this far, to be honest. You know, I think it's it, it didn't really surprise me that much just because he's had, you know, he's had so many. Like, if he were a baseball player, he would have had just an amazing first couple seasons. Um been like a pretty rough patch then like I, I still think the last meal is a is a really good album but i'm sure that that's maybe an unpopular opinion but i mean really if you're just counting up like how many good albums does snoop dogg have uh it's it's tough to get to more than two or three so i think that that's like the the quality has been outweighed by the quantity of, of bad albums i think over the past like 15 years or so but, you know, if, if like Snoop Dogg had just like if Snoop Dogg had been murdered after the Dogfather, the way that like Biggie was after his first two albums, I'm sure we would think of him as like one of the best rappers of all time. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, he definitely watered himself down. Um, that stint with with uh, No Limit was pretty bad. <laughs> Do you remember? Yeah. That? The game yeah, is no, to be sold, well, not to be told. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, I there was actually I one you, decent I'm, one. In there. I'm sti- I'm sticking up to the last meal. I like the last the meal. The last meal. That's um, right. That's right. Um, <laughs> there was uh, there was some stinkers in that no limit phase. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was uh, top. It was the the game is to be sold, not to be told, and then top dog. No limits, <laughs> top dog. Yep. <laughs> uh, also, some album. of those like later albums with like oh yeah, like, like I don't know, beautiful or whatever. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, you like got into like a. Just Justin Timberlake phase. Yeah, uh, it's just really commercial. The the album cover for the game is to be sold, not to be told. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty great. I want to, by the way, I probably mentioned this on the show, but I want to create a little coffee table uh, with like a layer underneath the glass where I could like slot in CDs, and I want to get yeah. all the old No Limit CDs in there, <laughs> with, like the uh, awesome. ridged 
CD case and like right, different colors. Right. Yeah, yeah, it'd be yeah. a colorful kitchen table. So I might have to do that. <laughs> James, I'm going to take. This may throw you off a little bit. I'm going to take Lauren Hill. Um, and you, I don't know if you remember this, but you called me a few weeks ago uh, with your lovely sweetheart of a wife, and she made a very good case for Lauren Hill. And, you know, I, I didn't listen to a ton of her solo stuff. I did listen to that a classic album um, of hers and the Fuji stuff. And so I'm going to go with Fuji Law as my uh, song for her. And I just think that's a – I wanted to add a female MC here. And so I felt uh, she was the best one available, the, the top one for me overall. So I'll slot her into a 1990s spot. 1990s, all right. Um, I mean, that spot could be filled by anyone, but also I just felt like, I don't know, I feel like that was the, the, the move here because I got a couple West Coast guys and a, a Dirty South guy up the sleeve, and uh, I felt like that was the, the play. Nice. Um, yeah, I mean, I I, uh, I I might be diversifying things on my side of things in a week or two. Uh, Lauren Hill was definitely someone I was considering for later on, maybe in the East coast or maybe in the lyricist spot. So I think that's a great pick. And I actually, the, the bracket, uh, the bracket thing we did, I regretted not putting, uh, the, the score by the Fugees in there. Yeah, the score was so good. Uh, I really like that one. And by the way, if, we, if this were like a, you know, hip hop slash R and B draft. There would be a lot of women taken by now, but um, straight up rappers. You know, I think of Debrat, Missy Elliott, of course, Nicki Minaj, uh, and others. But I think Lauren Hill kind of head and shoulders above the rest of the actual rapper uh, women out there. Yeah, uh, I agree. Um, the song I'm going to go with for Snoop Dogg. I'm, I'm just going to go. Super old school with uh, the shiznit off of Doggy Style. <laughs> very, very nice. Um, by the way, you need to give that East Side as, uh, album a little spin. Snoop Dogg. Dude, <laughs> I'm, kidding. <laughs> I, I'm kidding. I gave that as much spin as it deserved back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um, by the way, I saw like T.I. tweeted. It must have been a while ago, but it was about a you know, six months ago, he tweeted his top 50 rappers of all time. Ugh. He put himself 11th. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about well, that. He put himself ahead of Ice Cube, Andre, 50 Cent, 14. Come on. Lauren Hill, L. Cool J. Rock, Kim, Kendrick Lamar, Cameron, Jadakus. I take issue with uh, T.I.'s ranking. James. Well, that's the same thing. That's the same thing, though, is like anytime, like, uh, like every like superstar athlete has a inflated opinion of where they rank historically, oh, course, yeah. and like you know, I wouldn't expect any less of of a of a hip hop artist, especially one that's had that much success. So oh, actually, no. I almost give him I almost give him credit for putting himself as Outside low as the top ten. Game. Yeah, that actually isn't terrible. <laughs> yeah. I take far more issue with Drake at six and Eminem at seven. <laughs> um, definitely take issue with those two. James, anything else you want to mention? Anything else on your mind? Nah, man, I'm good. Well, always a pleasure talking with you, man. Thanks for the insight. Uh, looking forward to talking with you on Farm Friday and on the Saturday Fantasy Show. By the way, if you don't have XM and you're thinking, well, I, I won't be able to listen to that because I don't have it, it is free streaming online 
until May 15th. So if you want more of James and I, check those shows out. We'll catch you next week on the Rotowire Prospect Podcast. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.